Hello. I'm just going to record a quick note before this episode picks up. This was one of the first podcasts I recorded in the series, and I did most of them with a new microphone. I hadn't quite figured out the gain settings, and the gain is too high. When you hear that distinctive sound of clipping, it makes you think you're damaging either your earbuds or your speakers. Don't worry. That clipping was on the end of my microphone. It's not on the end of your speakers. So with that in mind, let's continue with the podcast. Welcome to Doctor Who's 50 and 50, Podcast 31. Today we're discussing the Valyard. Now, the Valyard is a recurring villain, or not, depending on how you count the episodes. As we mentioned in the first podcast, there's two different methods of counting the episodes. Uh, we counted the episodes for these podcasts in the manner that the BBC does on the back of the DVD releases, so that those looking for these stories can track them down a little more easily. Using that counting system, the Valyard appears in four different stories. Other sources, such as Wikipedia, count all four of these stories as one single story, which is the way the DVDs are actually packaged. Even though the cases are numbered 144 through 147, they are only available for sale in a single box titled The Trial of the Time Lord. Now, The Trial of the Time Lord is a season-long story. It's 14 parts and about half an hour each in terms of the running length, but it's structured as though it's four stories. They're just very tightly related, even more so than that key to time that took place during Tom Baker's era. Because that's the Valyard's only appearance, an only group of appearances, depending on how you count it, that's really the only way we can discuss him. So there's going to be a lot of discussion of that particular story arc as well. So what it basically amounts to is that the series had been put on a hiatus that ended up lasting 18 months. They did manage to get it back on the air, partially through public support. But because of the new timelines involved and the new production speeds and the reduced episode count, they needed new stories. So they scrapped the original plans and restructured the season in something of a Christmas Carol type of structure, where we examine the Doctor's past, present, and future. This kind of turns out on its ear, though. Uh, in the traditional Christmas Carol, we are looking at Scrooge, or a negative character, showcasing his potential for good, that he made some bad choices, and shows him the ultimate fate if he doesn't turn things around. This is almost the opposite. The Doctor is forced to show up for a trial, the Prosecutor is the Valyard, and the Valyard's case is that... You know, the doctor is guilty of breaking the first law and doing too much meddling with other affairs and other civilizations, and he's trying to demonstrate this by showing both past and effectively present adventures of the doctor. The doctor ends up defending his case by taking access to the Matrix, which we'll talk about a little more in a moment, and showing a story from his future. The Valyard's ultimate goal is to show that a character the audience sees as fundamentally good is getting more and more corrupted and essentially needs to be put to death. So instead of redeeming the character, it's the attempt is to doom the character. And this is the story arc that ends up ending the Perry Brown story and sort of introducing Mel Bush. I say sort of introducing her because of the structure. Basically, the present story is... Perry Brown's final appearance, and the future story that we see already has Mel Bush as the Doctor's companion. When she comes back again for the final chapter of The Trial of a Time Lord, it's her own point in the future where she already knows the Doctor and remembers these events as though they're in the past, so she's coming from the Doctor's future. Now, because this was also Colin Baker's final set of stories as the Doctor in his last season, that means we never did see Mel Bush meeting the Doctor for the first time and never did see, at least on screen, how they ended up working together. So this 14-part story is essentially broken into four parts. The first part is four episodes. 
and these are the ones packaged as the Mysterious Planet. They introduce Sabalom Glitz as one of the recurring villains in the series, and it takes place in the Doctor's past, at least from the context of this story. It happens after the previous story, the one that preceded the Trial of a Time Lord. So Perry and the Doctor find themselves on a planet that seems to match Earth in a lot of ways, except for being a couple light years out of position. As it ultimately turns out, they learn that this planet actually is Earth, it has been derailed and moved to another solar system. And Sabalon Glitz is a mercenary who's been hired to get something of value off this planet and get it out of there. Now, while they're doing this, the Doctor contends that someone's been tampering with the Matrix. Now, the idea of the Matrix is one of the reasons I find that this probably isn't a good jumping on point. So a lot of what we're discussing here is setting up things in the classic series so that people like myself who weren't familiar with it know the best places to jump on. This is a good story, but it depends on prior knowledge of the Matrix. There's a little bit of mention of it here, and in terms of what it is, but I find that there were parts I would not have understood had I not previously watched other Matrix stories. The Matrix previously appeared in two stories. One of them is The Deadly Assassin, which I haven't watched at the time of this recording. As I've possibly mentioned before, and will definitely mention later, these are not being recorded in order. It also appeared in The Ark of Infinity, which is story 124. That's the one I have seen. It's from the Peter Davison era. So The Matrix is effectively a massive database slash supercomputer on Gallifrey, and it records all events throughout all of time, past, present, and future. And when the story starts, it's considered to be infallible. Although it's not long before the audience can guess that, yes, someone has been tampering with it, and it's most likely the Valiard. And the Valiard is putting the Doctor on trial with the intention of having him convicted, sentenced to death, and having his regenerations removed as well. There are some continuity issues that show up in here. They hadn't talked about fixed points in time, at least not in any of the classic episodes I've seen up to this point, which makes me wonder why the Doctor is going to go through the motions of this story he's seen from the future the same way, since you would think that in doing so, all the people who died in the story that we see from the future are still going to die, and you'd think the Doctor would try to find a way to save them. In the modern series, they can say, well, that's a fixed point, and he's just going along with it. It is actually consistent with what we see of fixed points, especially in the Angels Take Manhattan from the future series. As I said, I haven't seen that explanation in the classic series. So watching the classic series only, if there is a reason for him not to act, it's in a story I haven't yet seen. So the fourth part of the Trial of a Time Lord story is the one that reveals who the Valiard is, what he's working for, and what machinations are in play. And that's revealed by the Master, who is in this supposedly impenetrable matrix. Now he reveals that the Valiard actually is the Doctor somewhere between his twelfth and final regenerations. Now up to this point, the natural regeneration limit for Doctors had been, you know, the thirteenth persona after twelve regenerations. We did see evidence that the Time Lords do understand the biology and physiology of that well enough that these can be altered, including the Master Stealing regenerations from Nissa's father. So at this point, I guess it was generally assumed that the Valyard was some sort of intermediate step between the 12th and 13 incarnations of the Doctor. It could also mean that at some point in the Doctor's future, he is going to be granted more regenerations, which is a distinct possibility when you're looking at it. If you've got a successful show, you want to keep it on the air, you maybe want to adjust the limits. The only reason the limits existed, apparently, are in that Deadly Assassin episode I have yet to watch, are to make assassination of a Time Lord a viable thing. So you have a last life, and when you lose that, you really are dead. What number is assigned to that last life isn't as important as the idea that these are finite. So you can have serious threats to the Doctor 
So the Valiard's plan was to have the Doctor killed and to steal his regenerations, thereby eliminating the Doctor's influence over his mind so that this future evil incarnation of the Doctor could be that much more evil and uninhibited. I like the idea of having a future Doctor that has turned villainous for some reason somewhere along the way. It does set up the potential for a very interesting recurring villain, so more so than the Master, which is just kind of the Doctor gone wrong. This is the Doctor who remembers being the Doctor and can therefore anticipate what the Doctor is going to do and have some influence over the Doctor and becomes a very powerful adversary. Unfortunately, I can't see the logic in this plan. I don't know how you can kill a past version of yourself and steal regenerations without destroying yourself in the process, even if you are a Time Lord. Now, apparently, a lot of the idea behind what the Valyard was was rewritten and changed by producers after the original writer left or was fired. I'm not clear on those details. So that could be part of the reason it's not very clear. This may not have been executed as per the original intention. The Valyard was always intended to be a future incarnation of the Doctor. It just may not have been this exact plan with these exact goals. And even the Valyard is a villain with a lot of potential who unfortunately was not seen. We do know that the potential to see him again is there based on the way the story plays out, uh, whether it's Valyard stories that take place before or after this trial from his perspective, I'm not going to spoil, but there is the potential to bring him back as a recurring character. That just never did quite happen in the last few years of the series. Ultimately, there is a lot of potential for the Valyard that just seems to have gone unrealized, but this is a character where you know, the potential is in place for this character to show up in the rebooted series and may have shown up already. That's something that fans are debating about but hasn't been confirmed one way or the other on screen. That is what we have to say about the Valyard. Join us again tomorrow when we discuss The Black Guardian. Thank you for listening.